Welcome back, everyone. This is Franco Premier League show with uh, season two. I think episode fourteen or fifteen, something like that. We've done we've done a lot so far. I'm pretty proud of the progress we've done. <laughs> How are you, Martin? Uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. It's uh, it's been uh, it's been a good week to be a Chelsea fan, to say uh, to say the least. But uh, we'll get into that later. Um, before we start, uh, I, I want to, to refresh Gita and say like your social media accounts and stuff before we, we get on uh, onto it. That way we people could find you if they ever uh, sure. communicate with you. Um, my Twitter is uh, at Martin Magid, M-A-R-T-I-N. M A G E D. Uh, that's where I'm mostly on social media. If you want to throw any questions or comments, Perfect. feel free. And uh, for me, mine is 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 the word Egyptian and E G Y P T I A N and just one word Ethiopia. And then the the podcast itself has uh, has a Twitter account. It's called Franco. PL show. So it's Franco PL show. It's on Twitter. But Martin, let's let's get started. So um, I want to start off with the with the Europa League, and then uh, talk about the Champions League because we kind of talked briefly about it last time, and I believe we didn't go more in depth into the Europa League. So uh, like I told you, as as uh, as expected, United went through easily, it's breezed. Through through Roma, I was actually a bit uh, a bit more stressful than it should have been. And uh, maybe for you, <laughs> but, at, but uh, your your four goes up. <laughs> yeah, at some point in the game, we were I think they went down or we were two goals down, and they had a lot of good chances. De Gea um, saved a lot of. And they had a lot of like tough saves, a lot of easy chances for Roma. De Gea had a great um, game. Yeah, he was probably my man of the match. Um, we gave them very easy goals. Um, just Yanni, I bet I guess I guess a bit careless from us, Yanni, uh, underestimating or thinking the game is over, uh, which should never happen in a semi-final of European game. Uh, but obviously, it was a very difficult task for Roma. Um, they you know, they have their awesome. own problems. They have their own issues with the manager, with the team, with the injuries. Uh, it was a very I mean, nearly impossible for them. Uh, but I guess we could have dealt with it better. But I guess we got the job done, Yanni, which was just the least to be expected after six two home one. Shout out to, to to Cavani though. He had a brilliant game. Uh... I believe he 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 was like the engine of that attack. I don't I don't I don't believe anyone else like really shined in that United United uh, team other than him that day. But Silho, that's the thing. You didn't need to. Your four goes up. You just needed to keep the score because you have a I think eight fixtures in in. In I think seventeen days or something like that, Fanta. You needed to conserve energy. 
obviously after the news about the rescheduling, uh, we're gonna have mm. three games in five days. Yeah, it was uh, inevitable that we needed to rest players. Uh, Half time, we changed both our fullbacks, which I think are the two players that needed the rest the most, uh, Wan Bissaka and Shaw. Um, obviously, the replacements are not as as good as they are. Uh, the performance went down a bit after the first half. Um, yeah, Alex Telles had a horror show that game. He, he was pulled apart. He was, yeah. And it's not entirely his fault because he wasn't helped defensively, so he usually had two people on him. But his positioning, especially in crosses, um, and it looks like just his, his confidence on the ball in general is not really there. Um, hard to just blame him, blame him entirely because he's been kept out of the team by Luke Shaw, deservedly so. Um, um, obviously, he needs some game time. Same with, same with Van de Beek. Because um, I think everyone knows that they have they have the quality needed to play for United. They're just not getting the, the time and the, the the minutes to be able to kind of gel with the team and, and get the confidence back. Um, but it's good that we have some some kind of depth. Obviously, it's not... It's not the strongest depth. It's not like city depth or something. But Siani, still enough depth to be able to have good players uh, and to be able to rotate without worrying about the team suffering massively. Um, but see, here's the thing. I don't think those full back positions have any other options than Shaw and Bissaka. Oh, it's just Telus and right back is, is kind of an issue, but I guess sometimes you can use Brandon Williams. Uh, because because Telus has barely played this season. He he looked out of out of my match sharpness. He looked unfamiliar with the tactics. Uh, and Maguire too being, I think they said that he's in doubt for the final. So you're gonna be with Bai and Lindelof going into the last stretch of the season. I think he might. I think Maguire might be able to catch the final. I'm not sure. He should. He should. He should. Injury. Uh, and the thing is, that's the, your your only important game left in the season. You've pretty much already guaranteed top four. I guess. Yeah. Any any kind of good result against Leicester tomorrow, and I think we'll, we'll be fine. Um, well, top four. Yeah, I'm talking about second mainly, not not really top four. But it's almost second, say third, in my opinion. It's it's the same shit. I mean. I feel the same way, but I think it'll be a nice confidence boost to finish yes. second. Um, uh, yeah, as long as we finish top four, obviously I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I think we've already been guaranteed top four, I believe. I think, yeah, let me look at the table. West Ham have three You're, games left. There's a 12-point yeah, gap. So you have four, yeah, four, four games. You, you would need like complete meltdown to, 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 to F this up, to drop out of top four. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Actually, I think it is mathematically guaranteed now after uh, the win against Hasselbaum. But anyways, and for a second, I think second will be a nice confidence boost uh, before next season. Um, I will. I guess it's. We're obviously pretty far away from City, uh, in in the league. But I think when you look at it, uh, on the outside, kid, I think this is a team that finished second, finished above Liverpool, finished above Chelsea. We'll have really good squads. Um, maybe it gives yani, a boost for the transfers. Uh, maybe it convinces the players a bit more that we're just there, we're close, 
we want to be challenging for the league, we want to be challenging in Europe. Uh, it's a nice thing to have, yeah, in finishing second. I, for me, it's okay finishing second, third, fourth. doesn't really matter as long as we got top four. Um, but I think it'll be nice for us to finish second, which, which I believe we should yeah, at this point. Uh, when you're thinking that the next games don't really matter, it's going to be rotation games, well, uh, well there, there, there is some importance to them, especially because you're facing Liverpool. Because here's the thing, I think you're facing Liverpool and Leicester. Yes, uh, Leicester tomorrow and Liverpool on Thursday. Uh, I don't think it's mathematically impossible, isn't it? Because your four games, two of them are Leicester and Liverpool. So if they both if they both win, uh, it's mathematically yeah. impossible for us to not get top four. But the second oh, yeah, is, yeah, still, yeah. is still is still is second there, is still shaky. Yeah, yeah. 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 But Taman, uh, it's a great. It's a great opportunity. Pretty much, you have only one important game left in the season, and it's, uh, it's going to be very difficult to rotate against teams like Leicester and Liverpool. Uh, Leicester are going to play a full full squad. You can, I think, it's going to. Yeah, I think they're they're still they want they don't want to end up not being a top four. They still have a chance of not end of not but being. They're not full, are they? They're not full squad. I mean, like as as oh, okay. like a, a first team, like the best team that they can field. Um, yeah, and I think they pretty much have the whole squad except maybe Ricardo Pereira. Uh, I'm well, not sure. James Justin, he's he's out. I think for the yeah, next season. James Justin well. for the season. Yeah, yeah. he's good um, for good. Yeah. But yeah, I think they're gonna have any field their strongest team. We're gonna be forced to make yeah. some changes because Castania is out as well. I think he played last game. I'm not sure if he got subbed off. Did he? Um, he did. Yeah, he did play last yeah, game. yeah. He did. He did. He did. Yeah. He plays the center back. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and he, we're gonna be forced into some changes, some rotation because of the the games before and then the Liverpool game after, which I think is gonna be uh, Solskjaer's main focus. Uh, the Liverpool game, he doesn't wanna lose that in any in any way, yeah. Um, but Leicester is also an important game for us because they're chasing us for second. If if Solskjaer cares about second, which I think he does, um, I think he'll actually play a surprisingly strong team. I think he'll keep most of the players. I think Maguire is probably going to be uh, out. He'll play probably with Bailey and Lindelof. I think he'll play with Juan Bissaka and Shaw as well. Um, in the midfield, maybe that's what's where he's going to make the changes. Maybe Van de Beek comes in, maybe Matic yeah. comes in. Um, attackingly, I think Cavani is probably going to play because he wasn't, he didn't start the last game. Um, so we have some decent, some decent options. Yeah, I don't think we're going to play with the full team. Maybe Bruno even gets rest. Um, but uh, it's going to be a tough game tomorrow. Hopefully, we can get away with uh, any kind of positive results. Uh, for the next two games, um, and then we should be fine from then on with the games. Mm-hmm. We should just be getting ready for the final, um, and I guess Yanni yeah, trying to give some minutes to some players who have been on the fringes, like Dallas and Van de Beek, and uh, even Bailey needs some minutes as well. Yanni, uh, yeah, it's Yanni. Yeah, hopefully, it just stays that way. Hopefully, no no big injuries. 
uh, no problems, and we just we go to the final with a with a full team, and that's all I need from now on. طب نروح to the other bracket, and I told you, man, <laughs> I told you Villarreal would do it. <laughs> um, I'm not taking, I'm not gonna take the piss out of Arsenal fan and out of Arsenal in general because they uh, they they need to take a step back and 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 look at it from a big perspective. Uh, first of all, I just want to say that um, Arteta, I've doubted him from the beginning. Um, there's a lot of decisions he made wrong, but I feel like Arsenal fans were keeping up with it. For the idea of, oh, there's a project there. At least he won us the FA Cup. At least there's a Europa League run. Now that all of that is fading away and only the bad factors are shining, people are starting to realize that he he's a bit of a joke as a manager, isn't he? I mean, it it's now looking worse than the Lampard experiment in a lot of ways. And I'll give you because I I I know you disagree a bit with what I'm what I'm what I'm saying, but um, um, I I disagree with it being worse than Lampard's experience. I think I think Lampard was backed by the board financially and, and, just, and the spending, uh, yeah, and just confidence-wise. I think he there was a lot of moments when he could have been sacked and the uh, board backed him. Um. I think Arsenal boys are doing the same with Arteta. I'm not sure for how long. Uh, it looks like they might be getting someone else starting from next season. Uh, but for Arteta, it was it was a very difficult job for him. It was a very difficult ask for his first managerial job to be with an Arsenal team that is uh, underperforming massively. Uh, the squad is not the quality of the squad is not really there. Uh, he got the Thomas Party. He got the Odegaard loan. Which are good signings, definitely. Uh, he's kind of been kind of unlucky with injuries and stuff like that. But it was it was a pretty big job for him. Um, I don't think he was ready for it. I think it was kind of a, a panic signing by Arsenal. He just wanted someone that the fans can back, just to get the pressure off the board. So Arteta was the obvious choice. Uh, but I don't think. Realistically, I don't think he's the one to take them forward. Um, I guess they they can't afford to give him some time because maybe give him another another window, maybe give him another uh, preseason, let him kind of settle settle in a bit more. Um, if they if they if they're confident that he's the man for the job, um, I guess they can give him one more season and just see what, where it goes from there because That's, there's nothing Martin. to lose really. And I think we spoke about this point before. Who in the right frame of mind will come to Arsenal right now? I think with, with, with yeah, I mean, they can make some signings that are are really yeah, I mean, top quality. If, if if you go, Masalan, let's say Todd Cantwell or Labuendia, if you throw a contract from Arsenal and then at the same time a contract from Leicester or a contract from Chelsea or a contract from any team that's in Europe, which one is he gonna take? Yeah, but for Methan, if you offer them, if you offer, let's say, Todd Cantwell, if you offer him a contract to Arsenal, a contract at Chelsea, he knows he's not going to be playing at Chelsea. He's not going to be getting the minutes. He's going to be playing at Arsenal. Some players are, are 
interested and intrigued by the, the idea of the project, the idea of getting a big club back on the map, especially uh, English players, especially prem, prem players. Uh, if you look at the teams getting relegated, you might be able to get some good signings from there. Uh, if you look at the championship, you might be able to get some good signings from there as well. Um, I don't, I don't know much. The they, I I disagree. To be honest, I think it's, it looks very bad for Arsenal if they keep Arteta. Um, no, it does look very he, bad for Arsenal. I think yeah, regardless he, of whether they keep Arteta or not, I think it's going to be very bad for them. Uh, I think it's even if you get someone like uh, Sari or Allegri or whoever's thing, available, their their best players are aging. Yani Yani Aubameyang, Lacazette. Oh, oh, their their entire defensive back line in the center half position. Their entire center half position is aging, except Gabriel. It's it's not it's not looking good. It's not looking. I good think they have they have some good young players that they can. Yeah, Inkatia, Reese Nelson, Wusaka, Saka, Smith Rowe, Tierney, Gabriel, uh, even Lano is is in, is is at a good age. They have a decent amount of players that are that are still young, um, that that are that have been performing well this season. Uh, mainly Saka, Smith Rowe, and Tierney. I think Tierney and Saka are going to be a very very good uh, left side. Um, they can really work on that, but uh, I'm not sure if 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 they let Arteta go. I'm not sure there's anyone available that would be. Uh, Here's the thing. Better. When when Chelsea finished 10th, they were able to get Antonio Conte. Uh, big clubs could always attract uh, big managers. But the fact that they still keep on keeping on with this so-called quote-unquote project, it's, Listen, it, I think Chelsea it, the, has the, more the, money. The problem with Arsenal is that they don't have the money or they don't have the finances to be able to convince people to join them. But the idea is that they don't have the money to say that. And at the same time, I'll give William 200,000 a week. I'll give Aubameyang 400,000 a week. Well, the Aubameyang contract was a, a, big, a big step for them and for the project of Arteta because they needed to keep him as a, as a statement that we we're we're working on getting the club back to challenge. We're not just here to save money, um, and I think they needed to get that done with any price. Uh, obviously, it didn't turn out uh, as as they would have expected. But um, on paper, I think if you look at it before he signed, they definitely needed him. He was definitely their best player by far. He was their only pretty much their only goal scorer in the team. Um, the start of the team, the captain of the team, uh, they needed to get him uh, to get him to sign in any way. They overpaid definitely. I think uh, with his age as well, uh, they're never gonna get uh, any good transfer fee out of him in the future. Um, it's the same as the Ozil Ozil thing, and at least this, as we're speaking, they're still paying ninety percent of Ozil's wages. Who's in charge of the financial aspect at Arsenal? I think they've made some some mistakes. Definitely, some I think there's horrific gonna, mistakes. There's horrific. gonna there's gonna need to be a, a, a clear out. They're gonna need to see any some of the deadwood is gonna have to go. They're gonna no, need to bring in some young thing. players. 
we we say the same thing every year for Arsenal, and then we say, oh, you know what? This is the year. This is the year they're gonna get back into top flight. This is the year they're gonna challenge. This is the year they're gonna go back to top four. We've been saying that since Wenger's last year. And, I guess and, it, I guess and nothing uh, changes. It's a never-ending cycle for them. And I know this reverts always back to the owners of the club because they they could not be asked of, of what Arsenal is doing in real life. I'm pretty sure Stan Kroenke didn't even know they played Villarreal that day. But uh, still, someone needs to understand who's running this, who's making these decisions. Main fash abana middi. Aubameyang, 400,000 a week and made the Ozil pretty much the same wage he's getting but just to play for another club and it, it just doesn't make sense who goes and signs Licksteiner, a guy who's 36 years old what's the point of these signings, I mean who goes to sign Pablo Mari and starts him whilst you need a major change in your defensive backline. You've been having this issue since I don't know. Saul Campbell left the club, and it's 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 it's. I think Arsenal didn't get into this position overnight for sure. It's been years in the making that the the falling of 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 a giant club like Arsenal. And what Arsenal fans need to understand is that just like it took years and years and years for them to fall, it will take them years as well to rebuild. It's not just a switch they can flip. But Arteta is not the right man to rebuild. (laughs) Not in my opinion, at least. He's not good enough, man. I think he cost them this tie. They needed a one-goal victory. And I don't know if you watched the game or though. They were playing so, so passive against Villa. You would think that they won 2-1 <laughs> and they needed the draw. They were playing horrific football. I mean... I think are... the, the breaking point for Arsenal fans was after Arteta got the FA Cup and after they started to perform a bit better, got some decent results, uh, people were backing him, obviously, because... First of all, he's, he's kind of a fan favorite with Arsenal fans. Uh, he had a, a good spell at Arsenal. Uh, and they just needed anyone to bring any positivity. Um, after he signed Thomas Partey as well, they were, these are all good signs for Arsenal me and fans. You, me and you know the FA Cup is not a measurement. Van Gaal won the FA Cup, next day he was fired. Wigan, no, Wigan won the FA Cup and was in the Europa League. This is I understand, not. Understand that it's not obviously it's not uh, what they want, but the, they saw it. I think if from an Arsenal fan perspective, this is a good sign when you come in and your first couple of months you, you get a cup. Um, I totally a... agree. I mean, I know if Lampard gets the FA Cup, it goes both ways, and I I totally agree with you, but. It should have been a sign when they were 15th at the table mid-season. <laughs> no, I think it started to go downwards a bit through through the season because not just because of the results, because of some of the decisions that Arteta has been making, uh, some of the Saliba. tactics he's been using. Oh. Um, when you have you pushing some players out of the team, uh, you're you have two 
fully fit right backs and then you choose not to play either of them you choose to play Callum Chambers you have uh, a player like Sergio who can play as left back but you choose to play Jaka there there are some uh, very weird decisions that he's been making and they haven't paid off obviously if they did pay off then everyone would call him a genius masterclass from Arteta but because they haven't they haven't paid off that's when the doubts start to happen the doubts in Arsenal fans minds uh, now the results are not there performances are not there some of the tactics that are being used it's not really the arsenal way it's not really a, they're not playing well they're not playing a, a lot of factors too i remember pepe i think he scored the brace i think it was against leeds and then he benched him the next day and and that wasn't the only instance a lot of games players would would perform very well and then he bench him the next day and oh, wow. that's been why, the case with oh, a lot why of would players you, why would you want to play for him like why would you want to play for that manager if he treats you like that yani and and you can't blame the players either for going against him and the I tactics he, don't he, make he's, sense he's trying to figure figure out how to deal with this problem i, I don't think he knows really what to do I think he's just he's trying to find a good combination of players that are gonna give him the results and the performance. Um, he's found some some good options through the season with Smithrow, with uh, Saka, with Tierney. Uh, they've had some bright spots, but overall, I think um, it hasn't has been very inconsistent. Uh, he doesn't stick really with a team. He doesn't give a team enough time. Uh, he's always changing things up. Maybe that's like something he learned from Pep, I guess, or something. I don't know. But uh, it it's not really working out, and you're not giving a chance to work out because you keep changing players. You keep uh, rotating for no reason. You really don't really need to rest your players. Uh, at, at many points in the season, he was only having one game a week, and he, he kept rotating players and playing players out of position. For no obvious reason, really. Uh, it wasn't uh, fitness issues. It wasn't injury issues. It wasn't even performance-based. It was just kind of random. So I understand from an Arsenal fan uh, point of view, uh, even if you did back him in the beginning, uh, now I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans kind of go the other way and, and think that, okay, now we need an actual experienced manager. Yeah. Uh, I think they're looking at sorry. I think sorry, I'm not sure. It's gonna be a risk. I think he might be able to 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 get something out of these players. He's gonna play attacking football. Uh, best is the get quality. Them, get the them quality excited is, again. Yeah. I guess yeah, and the quality, but the quality is just not there. They they need the reinforcements in the squad. Uh, with a fully fit team, which is not not usually a possibility, but. Uh, I think they can have a decent squad, but they're not competing with the top four in terms of quality, or maybe even the top six. Uh, so if Sarri can get them to play well, uh, he can convince the fans that he is capable of taking them back to competing for top four and just back to performing and getting results and being uh, consistent again. Um, maybe then they can... Um, they can start backing him, uh, like the board can start backing him, the fans. And that's an important factor for Arsenal because they've seen a lot of bad 
things happened throughout the last few years, it's kind of difficult for them to, to trust that a manager can take them that next step. Um, and any, any, any positive thing that happens to Arsenal, the fans are always the first ones to kind of jump on it and say, OK, this is a good sign. Things are looking better. But uh, it usually doesn't stay that way. And that's been the issue. Uh, again, I don't think I don't think keeping Arteta would be the worst decision. I think uh, out of the managers that are available, I don't think anyone is is kind of, kind of, any jumps out of the page for me, as this is perfect for Arsenal. Uh, but and I guess sorry honestly, would, not, would not be a bad risk to take. Yeah, and honestly, I I disagree with you. I think they need to get that guy out of there as soon as as, as they could. Um, there's Allegri. I, ex- I expect that to happen. Yeah. I expect yeah. that. Actually, happen. I don't. From from the Arsenal camp and from what I'm hearing, they have they still have full confidence in Arteta. So I, it's still doubtful. And I think Ornstein in the Athletic said that that his position is not under threat just yet. Um, but still, we can't we can't deny that they have been. Very, very, very poor this season, and not not just in 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 results, but in how they play as well. Yani, and if if you look at Brighton, for example, they've been poor in results, but at least they're playing well, so the fans are still excited, right? And Arsenal, they they were not getting either, and and uh, like like yesterday when they won. Against West Brom, no one, no Arsenal fan I talked to, dare to even be semi happy about about winning this, and and it's understandable no, it's because it doesn't make a difference in their yeah, season really. So exactly. even if they win all the remaining games, uh, I guess they're gonna look at it as kind of a, um, maybe there's something to look forward to. Uh, if you're yeah, if you're an optimistic Arsenal fan, you're gonna be looking at these games as kind of a no pressure games. Let's see how we play, let's see how the players perform, let's see how Arteta does tactically. Um, and yani, if we can get some good results and good performances, at least there'll be something, a, a slight positivity in, 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 their, in their season. Uh, but realistically, there's nothing to play for anymore. They're not going to be getting, uh, I don't think they can get Europa League even. Uh, it's, uh, it's out of the question now. Yeah, it, they're so far off. I think Everton still has a game in hand and they're above them with three points and and Tottenham is four points above them. It's it's beyond impossible at this point. Pretty much, yeah. So not, not, even conference, not even conference league, obviously. Not even conference league. Uh, top, we'll, we'll, we'll drift off and, and talk Champions League. Uh, I wanted to to postpone that um, because I wanted to make sure we we touch Arsenal because we didn't we didn't touch base on on the Europa League as as much as we did last time. Um, let's talk the the first tie, um, the one that was pretty much done and dusted going in. Uh, when I mean I looked at PSG and I know a lot of people disagree with me, but they just looked defeated from the get go. They had no answer. To Guardiola's tactics whatsoever that game. Um, I think uh, not having Mbappe in a game like this is, is a big blow for them from the start of the game. Um, it was it was a, a difficult task to begin with, uh, having to go to cities uh, 
uh, stadium and getting a result, uh, they needed to score at least two to be able to uh, stay in the game or, 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 or get anything out of the game. It was going to be a nearly impossible task for them to get a clean sheet. So, yeah, it's, it's nearly impossible. Really, at that point, knowing knowing how City play and knowing that PSG uh, didn't have Mbappe, uh, it was all on Neymar, and it was pretty obvious uh, during the game that that the players around Neymar didn't really have any confidence in their own abilities. And even, having Neymar, even Neymar didn't, bro. Like, didn't. It... I think Neymar kind of uh, it was it was a bit too much for him. Uh, no, it's zero shots on goal. Zero. In an elimination game. And and we keep reverting back to the point where Neymar wanted to get out of Barcelona to 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 get out of Messi's shadows and, and, and be his own person. And so far <coughs> we haven't seen anything to prove that. We haven't seen anything to 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 validate that. I honestly think Neymar is probably the third best player in the world after uh, Ronaldo and Messi. And, and at this point, maybe even above Ronaldo and Messi. Um, as quality-wise, I think there's nothing, no one that that's, that has the same quality as Neymar r- right now. Um, but say, the problem with Neymar is his efficiency. That's always been the problem with him. He has... Uh, an insane amount of quality, insane amount of talent. Um, best of sometimes his attitude might let him down. His efficiency sometimes you might take the the fancy side uh, rather than just score and, and play the simple simple ball. Uh, uh, that's always been his downfall. But I feel like with PSG. Uh, they actually might not be winning the league, or it's looking unlikely that they win the league this season. So they might be going out with zero trophies. There is there is a possibility they could be in Europa League. <laughs> uh, very difficult, Bastiani. There is, yeah, and 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 I think losing the league itself is is a failure for them. Yeah. Um. But, uh, but at the same time, I think PSG keeping him uh, with a with a contract, a very very expensive contract at that. If they can keep Mbappe, which is going to be tough. Um, they can really build around Mbappe and Neymar with Pochettino, who's good at who's good at finding the players he needs. Um, he knows the he knows what system he wants to play. He knows what players work with the system. And with PSG they have unlimited funds really. Uh, he can really show how good he is as a manager. Now he has the financial side which he didn't really have at Spurs. Uh, he has two of the best players in the world. He has probably the best centre-back in the world right now in Marquinhos. Um, he definitely has a good core to start with. And from next season, I think it'll be very interesting to see who they sign in the transfer window. I think they'll get probably one big signing. Uh, and that's going to be a, a scary team, to be honest with you, from, from next season. After the window that Pochettino gets after the preseason, after he settles in. Uh, they're going to be one of the best sides in Europe, for sure. Uh, uh, this season, yes, it might have been a failure in, in, in their terms. Uh, the season and before uh, they got ev- to the final. Everybody's terms. I mean, not getting the French League is a failure. 
Yeah, the Point. French League especially, but yeah. uh, I guess that يعني, maybe the change of managers didn't do them uh, a, يعني, a favor, really. So, uh, PSG and City going back to the game. City were dominant the whole game, as, as you would expect. Uh, they know how to deal with these kind of games when they have the advantage. They know how to frustrate their opponents. They know how to keep the ball. Um, PSG couldn't really do anything about it, uh, to be honest. They, they didn't have Gisage in the midfield, which is the main source of energy. Uh, the... and, and you look at their four backs too. It's kind of dreadful, isn't it, at PSG? Diallo and Fiorenzi, they're so average. Like They are, yes. And I think this is the main point that uh, that Pochettino is going to look at because Pochettino yeah. really cares about his fullbacks. Fullbacks are a big part of his system. Uh, Diallo is not really a left back. He's more he's a center back that's been that's being played out of position. Let's say his replacement is Kurzawa, and I think Kurzawa. I'm not sure if he's injured or if he's he's, he's out of favor. Yeah, uh, there's Baker, who's I guess he's he's still young. So he might turn out to be good, but at this point, he's not he's not there yet. On the right is also Florenzi. It's kind of past his prime a bit. Uh, Dagba, who's also another young player. So they definitely need to. They need some fullback signings, um, which I think I, I think Pochettino will go will go for two fullbacks this summer. Um, but yeah, there's nothing to talk about really in the game. Uh, it, it didn't didn't look stressful for City at all. At it all, yeah. like um, they knew what they were doing. They just they're just waiting for the goals really, just to finish it off completely. Uh, PSG again lost their heads by the end of the game. The Di Maria red card. Well, the stupid red card, yeah. Yeah, Verratti should have definitely gotten a red card as well. Um, but yeah, just another, another kind of uh, minimum minimum work done by City just to get past it with no injuries, with no problems. And PSG, during this time, the chance. They really didn't. They really didn't. They were outplayed from the get-go. They ev- Everything they tried to throw at City, City looked like they had an answer for. Uh, City sat patiently waiting uh, for, for their mistakes, and, and they were rewarded. Simple as, really. I think PSG, their only hope was that they took advantage of the first half in the first game. That When they, they had City kind of on strings at the time, they they were creating chances. They were creating op- a lot of opportunities, uh, and that's the big mistake that they made. They didn't really take full advantage of that. They only they only scored one goal. Could have been a very very different tie. Yeah, I think they could have gotten out of that half with two three goals, um, if if they were more clinical. But uh, they let they kept them in the game after the first half, conceded two in the second half, and were just yani. Yeah, as a whole, they were outplayed, and City kind of took control of the game from the second half until the, the end of the tie. Uh, that's that's the that's that's their only hope was taking advantage of the first half of the first game. That's when City were not really settled settled in. They were not the machine wasn't working. Still, it was still kind of warming up. That's that's your only that's your only shot against against City in a two-legged tie. 
uh, you need to take advantage, fully take advantage of that period of time when they're not at their best. And it usually happens every every single tie. There's, they have these 30, 45 minutes that they're not really there. And uh, it just teams don't don't take advantage of that. So, um, that's, that was PSG's mistake. I agree. I totally agree. Uh, and and honestly, even though even if had they won the first leg, I don't think they could have stood, still stood a chance. Uh, City were just too good. City didn't look like they were even trying against them and and won two uh, nil. That's that's how simple the tie was. Maybe because it's the tactics, and I think Pochettino got to got it wrong a little bit and. He didn't play the city's weaknesses, which is pretty much fast players. Fast players always give city the hard, the hardest times, and he didn't play to that strength. And also, Icardi had a horrible game, pretty much non-existent. I don't, I don't think I've even seen him on TV. Um, yeah, uh, Icardi is definitely not the kind of striker you need in that kind of game. Carlos, but I feel Carlos. like. Out of the options he has, um, it was there was nothing that he could have done right really at that point. Um, he needed he needed a very good individual performances, not even even better than very good. He needed some perfect individual performances. Uh, Icardi was not not the guy to worry. City's City's uh, defenders, uh, Neymar uh, was outnumbered most of the game because they could afford to kind of. Uh, double team him or sometimes triple team him because they knew he was the the main and pretty much the only threat that they had. Uh, yeah, and it, it was I don't see a scenario where Pochettino could have could have uh, gotten a win. Pulled, out of, pulled it off. Out of oh, false, false, false. Tab, uh, let's go to the other side of the bracket where you, we would have thought it would have been more competitive. But, I mean, what a game by Tuchel. Um, me watching Tavan this as a Chelsea fan, because you watch this as a neutral, and you would think uh, Real Madrid offered nothing, right? But when you're watching the game from from your team's perspective, you're scared that every counterattack is going <laughs> to gonna go in the back of the net because you know how brilliant Benzema is. You know how how fast they are on the counter we just didn't expect madrid to be this bad and uh, i don't think real madrid offered any real threat other than the benzema shot that mendy saved i think it was it should have been game done after the first half really i think uh, chelsea's problem was that they didn't kill the game and they kept of the game until the I think the 85th minute when they scored the second or something like that. Um, it was it was all Chelsea, all game. I understand that from your point of view as a Chelsea fan, uh, it's always kind of scary and there's always this worry that you might concede uh, a stupid one, it's, goal. It's 1-0, it's, it's right? If, if it's 1-1, one, one, it's a completely different tie now. Yeah, exactly. Now, Yanni, if you look at it from a neutral point of view, it was all Chelsea. Yeah. Madrid yeah. weren't even at the game, all game. Uh, I don't think they created anything, any real chances. Um, Chelsea created a lot of a lot of good chances, a lot of 
even better than good chances. A lot of chances that should have been converted into goals. Yeah. I think um, Courtois had a brilliant game. He had some good saves, but I think that the attackers gave him a chance to make these saves. I think a lot of these opportunities, they could have been... Goals. Uh, yeah, they should Easy. have been goals. They should, the yeah. keeper should not be standing a chance when you're from uh, going one-on-one against him or you have a very easy shot. Just put it in the corners. He's, just... he's, bi- he's bigger than I remember him too. <laughs> Courtois. Yes. He's bigger than um, I remember him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at any point, even from neutral point of view, you still thought uh, Chelsea are not killing the game. You never know. Maybe Madrid can can snatch a goal yeah. and take it. And, and Real Madrid time. is notorious for that. I mean, like, <laughs> there's a lot of ties where they weren't the best side, and and they still managed to pull off a goal because they had Ronaldo at that point. And I feel when that divorce happened, that killer instinct was was not there. It's, it's not as visible to the naked eye as it was before. Yeah, I think tactically, I think Tuchel got it spot on, really. Uh, yeah. Zidane, Zidane made some very debatable decisions, playing a three at the back with Vinicius Jr. at right wing back. Uh, it's kind of the the best attacking outlet they have in terms of, of, of pace. Yeah, and and a, lot of, a lot of players were rushed back too, like um, Mendy... Um, he looked completely out of match sharpness, and he looked like he was rushed back. Could couldn't even run. Imagine yeah, Ramos, when Ramos, he, he was, I thought he Ramos was, had, had a very bad game. Ramos had a horrific game, but I think my worst player for Real Madrid, and I, I don't think a lot of people paid attention to that, was uh, was Militao. I think Militao had a horrific game, especially his his ball distribution, and Bakarsa. And every time he has the ball at his feet, you can tell that he's about to make a mistake or about to make a blunder. Um, well, I think uh, the whole Madrid team as a whole didn't really have a, a, yeah. a good game. Except maybe you can say Cruz and Modric, I guess, tried their best. But so it was going to be very difficult for them against a, a very, very energetic midfield. Um, when the other teams, uh, the other players around them are not really, are not really performing, their defense is, was shaky the whole game. Uh, I honestly uh, like don't think Zidane, and that's what what it looked like in the in both legs. Had it it didn't look like Zidane offered any tactical briefing on Chelsea. Like I don't think he's watched our games. I think he just put the together the best eleven. That's what it looked. Of course, that's not what it happened. But that's well, that's what I it think looked he, like. He insisted on playing the three five two. Uh, just because he thought just it was going to gonna counter, oh, it was gonna counter Tuchel's uh, tactics, but uh, it didn't really, didn't really get a try. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought so too. Like they always had spaces behind their fullbacks, their center backs weren't able to cover. Kante had a lot of space both games. The field. Um, so, uh, I don't think I don't think he got it right tactically. I think uh, he got it very wrong actually. Uh, I don't know why he, he, he tried to change the formation that the team is not familiar with, even if he thought it was going to counter Tuchel's 3-5-2. I mean, uh, on, on paper, it was 4-3-3, I think, in the beginning of the game. But, but so when we saw tactically, it was completely different than what was on paper. And um, I think I think it looked it looked very much like a 3-5-2. Vinicius yeah, Jr. was doing a lot of defending. Yes. Uh, uh, Edin Militao was stuck in a bit more, and Nacho was stuck in a bit more. Uh, fa- it, I, I, when I first saw the lineup, I thought it was going to be a four at the back, maybe Militao at right back. 
You would have that's, given Madrid a chance at the point because that's the formation they're used to. I mean, I, I, I thought Zidane would go with that because the three-five-two didn't work the first game, um, and and it didn't didn't it didn't even look like they they were lucky to get any kind of result out of the game. Uh, I don't know why he kept with it. He stayed. He insisted on playing Hazard the full game, uh, taking out Vinicius Junior, who's who's even even if he's not even if the team's not having a good day, I you never think, know. He might have he might have a chance going. I think Hazard got back. subbed off. He got subbed off at the very end. I think yeah, eighty ninth minute or something. Um, he had a horrible game. He was non-existent. Yeah. Yeah, like, it didn't really offer anything. And neither did anyone else, but at least, uh, you know, that Vinicius Jr. might make the difference, Benzema might make the difference. Uh, if you pull, if you put uh, Rodrigo or Asensio on, they might be able to find something. But uh, you're taking off Vinicius Jr. and Mendy at around, like, I think it was the 65th minute. Uh, when you need to score, yeah. it, it, was, it, was, it was a weird, weird decision by, by Zidane. And I think a lot of a lot of Madrid fans are kind of blaming him for this one. Um, They're blaming and... the injuries too. I mean, you, you you we can't really bash him too much. Yeah, he had to deal with sixty injuries this season. That's that's beyond anything I have ever heard. He did, yeah. But but his second game, he had most of his players. I'd say he had Ramos back. He had Hazard back. He had. Uh, uh, Rodrigo, Asensio, Vinicius Jr., Benzema, they're all fit. Uh, Valverde was fit. Uh, I don't I get he... why he doesn't trust Adriatola despite playing 40 million euros for him. And why not play him as a right back? I'm not sure. He played him against Sevilla yesterday. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I think he. I think, got I think he. Yeah, he thought he was going safe with it, Bassiani. And they had a lot of the ball. I think they had like 70% possession. But I feel like that's what Chelsea wanted them to do. They wanted them to have possession in those areas, in those first third, uh, um, in in, in those uh, beginning third of the pitch. They wanted to sit so deep. That, and, and it's the same Madrid mistakes we've seen at the first leg. It's always the second ball and the third ball. They never get it. Never. I, I, I don't think... I don't think in the whole game any second ball they got. They lost all second balls or third balls. And and that really Chelsea's pressing was ferocious that game. They couldn't hack it at all. Well, I think uh, as much as Zidane got it wrong, I think Tuchel got it right as well. He knew how yeah. to how to manage the game. He knew how to manage uh Madrid's uh, strength. Uh, he knew He's how to stop definitely their done his homework, yes. He did, yes, and I think he did a very good job. And that played a part in Madrid being as bad as they were. Uh, I think on another day, with maybe some better uh, finishes, I think this game would have been done in the first half, maybe even this, this first 30 minutes. Uh, by that time, Chelsea already had two, three, four opportunities that should have been converted to goals. They only converted one. Uh, and even that, the, they missed the first chance. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, it was it was kind of it should have been a lot easier for Chelsea. They made it a bit more difficult than it needed to be. But they got the job done. They got a clean sheet. Uh, two nothing win, kind of a convincing win. 
result and performance wise so I, it's a good sign for the final because people i think people gave chelsea no chance uh, before the the the, yeah. the semi final they gave them no chance in the round of 16 look at them now they're all the way in the final i think now people uh, yeah, even even though city also played really well in the, in the other bracket um People kind of gave City the title already from the from the semifinal. It was everyone was saying that it's going to be either PSG or City. Whoever wins from that bracket is getting the the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so now I think Chelsea uh, made made yeah, made people aware that, that the, yeah, they're, they're still of course City's still the favorites by a mile. But, yes, but they are yes. Now now you, you can tell that Guardiola's dreading it. That Chelsea is his final opposition. He would have rather had any other of the of the any other of the the other side of the bracket other than Chelsea. And Guardiola has he lost twice to Chelsea this season. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, and 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 I mean, both times they were rotated sides from both teams. They were yes, and I think so, the last game. I think it was yesterday. Last, yeah, I mean, it, it looked like he was just trying shit out and final. I think he wanted to try something a bit different as kind of an experiment because the league is already done. I think he understands he knows that. Yeah. Very well, he wanted to give some players some minutes. He wanted to rotate some players, avoid injuries. Uh, the game didn't really mean that much to him as much as it meant to Chelsea. Uh, yeah, but it's, at the same time, I don't he, think it, it even meant something for Chelsea in, in in aspect of City. It just meant it, it meant a lot the, in the race of top four. Yeah, for the league. Yeah, like they needed the points. City mm-hmm. didn't. Um, but uh, at the same time. They, they they kind of showed a lot of weaknesses, uh, especially def- defensively. City um, and uh, Chelsea actually and created a good amount of opportunities. Um, maybe maybe <laughs> yeah, a lot of offside calls as well. But I think they definitely yeah they would go out of that game uh, knowing how to kind of play on City's weaknesses. Uh, even if it wasn't against the full squad, I think against the full squad against uh, Ruben Diaz and Stones, I think they know how to how to create chances, especially with Werner cutting in from the left and making the the runs in behind. I think if if they can time it properly, if Werner can time his runs properly, if the pass can be uh, weighted properly, and it just they just get things right, I think they they look at a lot of the replays from that game, they'll find the way to kind of uh, get past his defenders. Uh, and that's going to be the the main point because against City, you need to be able to create chances. If you, yes. if you just if you just play passive, defensive, eventually they're gonna they're gonna break you down. Uh, and the thing is, and you've all you've seen it time and time again. Like the the players that give City the the hardest time every game are the fast players. Like I, I remember Adama Traore, even if Wolves are having a shit season, he always scores against them. Um, yeah, and I think the good example of that, if you get that, if you look at United and and Solskjaer's yes. games against them, yes. yes, they always prefer to use players like Daniel James, like Rashford, Martial. It would be very difficult to play against City with with, with a with a a poacher or, or a clinical attacker because he's not gonna get the chances to score. 
Um, but if you have the pace and you you know you you do your homework, you understand when city players uh, push up, you understand how to get out of the initial press, uh, which I think Chelsea are actually very good at. They uh, you know how to get the ball out from the press. Uh, Tuchel has done a good job with that. They have willing runners like Werner, like even Kante, Pulisic. They have a lot of these players that are going to be able to tirelessly. Even, even, uh, even have, I think Havertz ran the most in that Real Madrid game. I think it was 11.7 kilometers. He did, yeah. But I think Havertz is not really blessed with, with natural pace. Not like really. Other attackers yeah. like Werner really. Pulisic. He's going to be making the runs, but... Uh, for if if you're if, if from a Chelsea perspective, you'd be preferring Werner and Pulisic to make these runs, even though they might not be clinical. As uh, they're gonna get a lot of opportunities, and eventually they they they're probably gonna take one. Um, uh, I think it's it's actually a lot more interesting uh, now for the final, at least from a neutral point of view. Yes. Um, uh, now I think people are giving Chelsea the chance. I think it's still cities cities to lose. Uh, I think if Pep just played his normal game, just played his 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 best team without what do you think, any that any changes. What do you think will happen, though? <laughs> I think I think Pep would have learned his lesson that really playing three at the back is not the way. Uh, from his game, from the Madrid games, I think Pep is is the kind of manager to do his homework and understand the oppos- opposition. I think he'll go back to the usual way of playing. He'll play Foden. He'll play. He'll probably. Play De Bruyne uh, the center forward again, uh, pretty much the same as he did against PSG. I think he'll go back to that, um, which I think was going to result uh, in a city win. I'm gonna abstain from answering. <laughs> uh, I think you should be hoping that he that he hasn't learned his lesson. Yeah, I'm 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 hoping I'm holding my heart on it. <laughs> I really. Uh, but here's the thing, uh, and and like I and I told you this before, we have uh, we have historically speaking we perform well when 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 we are underdogs, and um, we're massive underdogs for this one. I'm not gonna even joke myself, but we've beat them twice. We could we could do it again, even if it's a, a ro- if, even if it were just a rotated side against City. Uh, it was a rotated side from our side too. I think we were we weren't playing with our first team. Like six first team players were not playing. Um, so it's and and we've seen it time and time again. It's always on the final, no matter who you are. It's always fifty fifty, especially especially in the Champions League final. And uh, rumors coming out that that the final is going to be in England and stuff is going to be more the reason why this final will be a huge boost for both teams because both teams really really need it. They really really need a Champions League trophy. So uh, I think City City needs it more. I think Chelsea, even if they don't get the the title, I think like they will be satisfied with how they did this season for sure, and they'll be looking forward to coming seasons with Tuchel. Obviously, it'll be a big, big, big achievement if they get the win. But I think it'll be a big failure for Pep if he doesn't get it. It won't be yes. a, a failure for Tuchel if he doesn't get it. I think he already exceeded the expectations, uh, from what, especially from when, where miles he came Miles ahead. In. Yeah, miles ahead. Uh, so, I remember when yeah, he think... got when he got appointment. We were we were hoping we would not lose massively to Atletico, and we completely outplayed him. 
Yeah, no, he's done. He's mm-hmm. done more than enough to be able to kind of get yeah. the fans' trust and the board's trust. Here's the thing: even if he loses all five games that we have left, I still think Tuchel will renew and get a new contract. I think he probably will as well. I don't expect him to to not get top four at this point. I think they're kind of the they're a very informed team at the moment. They're getting the wins. Uh, they're coming off to big wins this week. Uh, with that momentum, I think it'll be tough to stop them. Um, so they're looking likely for the top four. Leicester are looking shaky. Um, Leicester looks in free fall, but I think they're trying to focus on the FA Cup final. I guess. Uh, I guess. And tomorrow's game against United is going to be a, a big, uh, a big game yeah. for them. I think if they do get the win tomorrow. Um, They'll be in, in a good place to finish in top four as well. I don't think they will. I don't think uh, they will. My prediction was was for them to, to get out of the top four. Best, yeah, uh, I think they will drop out of top four as well. But with these circumstances, with playing United after one day of rest um, and them having a pretty much full team to play with, it, it, they should be winning the game tomorrow. I, I expect them to win the game tomorrow. But... You never know. Like they just lost to Newcastle. When they should have, it should have been for nothing. Humiliating defeat. Yeah, humiliating defeat. Really. Uh, so you never know. You never know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll uh, have to see. Uh, tab, uh, let's talk FA Cup final. Uh, who do you think will will win it? Is it this weekend? It's Saturday. Yes. Okay. Five days. Um, so Chelsea's playing Leicester twice, three days apart. Um, I think I think it'll be Chelsea's. Really? Yeah, I think Leicester did did well enough to be able to get to the final. Um, uh, but I feel like I think Tuchel is 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 good at at one-off games. I think he knows how to manage games, which 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 is why I think it's more interesting for the final because City are very strong over two legs. Chelsea, I think they have the capabilities of, of snatching a win in a one-game scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that kind of, obviously, quality-wise and, and squad-wise, Chelsea already have the edge, and I think they're the favorites. Mm-hmm. But even with the managing yeah, any experience and the manager's experience with, with, with these kind of games, um, I know Tuchel lost the final last year, which is, which is not the best, best uh, but I think overall, I think barely lost it though. Barely lost it. Barely lost it, and he was against, an yeah, for sure. A, a, and, and against a highly informed Bayern team, Bayern was unstoppable then. Yeah, so I think I, I would give. Uh, I think Chelsea has, let's say, seventy thirty for Chelsea. In the FA Cup. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I want to throw some stats at you that, to show like how much this means for Leicester. Uh, Leicester has only been to three FA Cup finals in the entire history. Never won a single one. Uh, Leicester is one of the only four teams in England that have won the league but never the FA Cup. And the only league in the foot, the only team in the football league to win the foot, the football league cup and the league but never the FA Cup. So this means a lot to Leicester, and and Leicester could be playing life and death for that one. They're gonna they're gonna give it a good go. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna yeah. be an easy game. It's not by no means. It's a... 
I don't think it's going to be a stressful game, but I think it'll be the 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 scoreline is going to be close. But I think I think Chelsea are going to dominate the game. I think Chelsea will, will create a lot of chances. Um, I imagine it being maybe like a one nothing, or maybe a two nothing, kind of similar to the Madrid game, uh, kind of early goal for Chelsea, and then it's going to be end to end until the very end of the game when Chelsea scored the second. I don't see Leicester scoring. Top. Uh, let's let's talk uh, top four and 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 uh, end with that. So, come uh, on, first and second is is locked in at this point. But uh, who do you think your third and fourth are gonna be? I think my earlier prediction it was Chelsea and Liverpool. Yeah, you're gonna stick with that. Um, I, I expect the Liverpool to do better. And it, it it looks like a a bit of a long shot for them at the moment. They're I mean they are seven points away with a game in hand. Okay. And yeah. Chelsea will play Leicester. Uh, a lot of the other teams are gonna play each other. United is gonna be playing Leicester. Uh, and, so and they're playing United as well. Liverpool are playing United. So. If if we're being realistic, there is only four teams battling for those two spots, right? So it's Chelsea, Leicester, West Ham, and Liverpool, right? West Ham, after uh, last night's defeat at the London Stadium, it was a big, big blow to their Champions League hopes. And and I do think if they finish fifth, still a massive achievement by David Moyes. Um, that is well. Uh, Liverpool, however, they have the easiest, easiest run of games. They only have to play United, and that's their only difficult game. The rest, uh, I don't think there are hard games at all. They're playing West Brom, Burnley, and Crystal Palace. Three teams whose seasons are over. Um, they've already they've already lost to Burnley and they already drew to West Brom, so you never know. You never know, but these teams have nothing to play for at this point, especially because we're recording this after Fulham has been officially relegated from the Premier League. Uh, so now we have our three, our three relegated teams. Yeah, um, I think I'm gonna stick with Liverpool and Chelsea. Um, just not not really because of my confidence in Liverpool, but more of my lack of confidence in Leicester. They mm. usually don't end the season well, especially yes. if they're going to be busy with the, the FA Cup final. Um, I mean like busy as in the game before. They're going to be yes. focusing on the FA Cup final. After the game, if they lose, it's going to be kind of a big blow for them. Uh, I think for the confidence as well. So... I can see them dropping quite a few points. Uh, it's going to depend on Liverpool to actually take advantage of that. Um, which, with how they've been looking, I'm not, not, not totally confident. Even with with the easy games or the easier games, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll still, if I have to put my money, I'll put it on Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, I I agree with you as well. I know I said um, Leicester uh, in my earlier prediction. But the more I look at it, Leicester is in free fall at this point. They will play Chelsea, who's a very informed team that they will have to face three days before. Um, it's just it's so tough seeing 
seeing Leicester making it if they're on their current form because they they have drew and lost their last two games. So that's that's one point from six possible. And those are very, very precious in top four in a top four race. Um and West Ham, I don't think I don't think West Ham will will be with the after after this week. I think if if, uh, if Liverpool wins their wins the game in hand, and even if they lose to United, they still have a chance. And I don't I don't think they will use the United because I I think United will play uh, a rotated side. Uh, I don't think they will. So if if they win, those are here's the thing. If we're being realistic. All four games are are winnable games, right? Because United doesn't really care about that game. West Brom, Crystal Palace, and Burnley are all very doable games. I think if if they really wanna seriously challenge for for top four, they need to be winning four games. Uh, on paper, they they all look like games that they should be winning, uh, especially because they have a lot a lot of more to play for than the teams they're facing. Um, but with with how inconsistent Liverpool has been, I can't really trust them uh, to be winning all four games. But I can, I can kind of see Leicester losing all three games. Yeah, uh, me they too. still have like, United, like Chelsea, year. and Spurs. Like last year. Yeah, last year they, I think, the last five six games they pretty what much lost they? most of them. Yeah. They they should have been in a position to get top four, and they let it go for no reason at all. Really, like they didn't need to rotate, they didn't need anything. They just had the league to focus on, and they they bottled it in the last few game weeks. Uh, I can see that happening again. Uh, top. We'll we'll finish with uh, one question. I want to ask you. Uh, who's your uh, PFA Player of the Year pick? If you had to pick one this season, um, who would I pick, or who do I expect to get it? Just say both. It's fine. Okay, I expect Ruben Diaz to get it. Okay. Uh, I would pick. Tough one. I think I'll still pick. I'll still pick De Bruyne. You still pick the De Bruyne? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> that's 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 very funny. Uh, mine is the complete opposite. <laughs> okay. I think De Bruyne will get it, but if I had to vote for someone, it'll be Ruben Diaz. Because um, I don't think they give it to defenders often. I think the only two defenders in the Premier League era that ever won it were Van Dijk and John Terry. And I think there hasn't been any exceptional performance uh, performers uh, outside of City, so that's why that's why I don't mm-hmm. see anyone else getting it apart from that City team. And from City, the only player it who's been could there... could be could be Bruno, you know. Bruno's not that far off of it. Uh, Bruno or Harry or Harry Kane. I think Harry Kane's gonna be tough to give it to him because of how inconsistent the he has been and and, yeah. and 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 the Spurs team has been. Bruno, I think, because of the expectations already set, I think people are not considering him as a, a an unbelievable performer this season. Uh, I think they're going to have to look at the City team. The, the only player that comes to mind that's been there 
all season. It's been starting every game. That's been kind of very uh, clear to people uh, Ruben, of yeah. how big of an impact he had. Uh, I think they have to give it to Ruben Diaz. Like, it's between Diaz, Gundogan, and De Bruyne. I, De Bruyne is, is, is still, for me, the main guy in that team. That's because of how much... He hasn't rotates. played enough, yeah. Yeah, so he's been... Uh, he's been rested for quite a few games. Uh, his numbers are not as as impressive as they usually are. So uh, that only leaves Ruben Diaz for me. Yeah, um, my 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 pick will be Ruben Diaz, but I I think I think De Bruyne will will win it. But um, simply because he's when he played, he was magnificent this season. Either I either think, De Bruyne or Bruno, I think one of them. I think if, if if one of Salah or Kane goes on like a big goal scoring streak the last few games as well, that might give them a chance if they end up winning the Golden Boot with twenty five, twenty six goals. I think I think the vote is over. Is it? I think so. Well then, then yeah, it's probably between Ruben Diaz, De Bruyne, maybe Bruno has an outside chance, but I don't think so. Yeah, or maybe the, the 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 football writers one is over. Maybe the 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 PFA is not over yet. I I one of them is is over. But uh, anyhow, um, you've uh, you have anything else to add, Martin? Before we end? No, not really. Good luck with the final. I guess hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you guys win. Yeah, we'll 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 try to do uh, an episode. Uh, after that, uh, a lot of bit, people are cheering for you. So good luck. Uh, in 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 the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were talking about the FA Cup final. <laughs> no, no, no. I, don't uh, care I, about I the know. FA Cup, to be honest. Every I know every single person on this earth is supporting Chelsea, apart from Arsenal and Barcelona fans and Man City fans. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and Spurs or, um, fans, I guess. And and Spurs, yeah. But I mean. No, not so much. They don't really care. But um, Martin, thank you so much for 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 hanging along in this uh, this podcast and all your time and effort. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye bye.